Welcome to episode 91 of Hit the Mic with the Stacey Harris. Hello, hello. This is episode 91 of Hit the Mic. I'm the Stacey Harris, your host. Uh, and I'm, I'm really excited today. We're talking again about launching, and I had a great chat with Pat Romaine um, several months ago now about launching, and we talked a lot about the tech side of stuff. Uh, and today we're going to talk more about the uh, strategy side and more about the, uh, less about the logistics and more about the, you know, timelines and things like that. So it's a really great conversation. I have um, Emily Christofferson on the show, and she is sharing a lot of really, really great stuff. So before we dive into that, I want to remind you to leave your reviews over at iTunes and Stitcher. Uh, to do that, you can go to the show notes page of this episode or any episode. Uh, you'll find the show notes for this episode at thestacyharris.com slash episode 91. Uh, 91, it's crazy. Um, yeah, you'll find the show notes there. I'll have links to everything I mentioned in the show, we mentioned in the show. And of course, you've got the links there to uh, leave a review over at iTunes or Stitcher. I'm all over the place today. I don't know why. Um, I am uh, super excited uh, again about episode 100. If you listen to episode 90, you know we've got big plans. Uh, and so we're going to be doing some giveaways, uh, which is going to be so much fun. Uh, if you go to show notes, the show notes page for this episode, you can actually subscribe to the uh, Google Plus event now. There'll be a link to it over there. So that's going to be awesome. Be sure you do that. Um, otherwise, let me tell you a little bit about Emily. Emily is an experienced online marketing and launch strategist. She helps female entrepreneurs launch online, make the switch from hobby to profitable business, and take their message and services to a larger audience. She is known for her calm nature and ability to uncomplicate the world of marketing and business. She is great at cutting through the online overwhelm and creating steps, systems, and sequences to bring brilliant ideas into reality. Uh, so, and it's a great conversation with her. She's just, she was just really fun to chat with. So here you go. All right, guys. So today we're talking about launching, like I said earlier, uh, and we're going to be talking about a successful launch, which is way more fun than an unsuccessful launch. So we have, uh, Emily on the show today. Emily, welcome. Thank you so much, Stacy. I'm super excited to talk launches with you. Launches are such a huge part of our, our lives as online entrepreneurs that I think it's silly not to talk about it and talk about how we can make it as successful as possible. Mm -hmm. I agree with you. It's, it's just like it's the whole meat and potatoes of our business, so it's really important. So before we get too far ahead of ourselves, um, I'd love to take a minute for you to introduce yourself. Sure, thanks. So my name is Emily Christofferson and I'm an experienced online marketing and launch strategist. I help female entrepreneurs launch online, make the switch from hobby to profitable business and take their messages and services to a larger audience. Awesome. I love that ho from hobby to actual business because I think a lot of people say they have a business and that it's never made any money. And right. it's hard to be a business when you've never made any money. Right. Well, I'll speak with people and I'll say, so do you have any clients? No. Have you ever worked with anyone? No. Well, you don't quite have a business until you have really worked with someone. And I find that working with someone then brings a lot of clarity in terms of what you want to do, what you want to offer, how it's going to look. And so that's a good place to start. That's a great point. You know, somebody was talking to me the other day when we were talking about how I've sort of uh, transitioned my business and gone from working a lot last year to not like about half as much as I worked last year to how much I work this year, but I'm making more money, which is 
awesome. But I was able to do that because I went through two years before that of figuring out what the hell I was doing and mm-hmm. what I wanted to do and how I wanted to work with people and, you know, getting the knowledge to, like, actually share that, like, knowledge that is real with people. Like, you kind of have to do that stuff up front. And so working with clients is really a lot of figuring it out. Yeah, yeah. And I always tell people who are starting out, a lot of people want to launch, let's say, a group program, but they've Mm -hmm. never worked with people one-on-one. And one-on-one really is the best way to get a lot of information and figure out what exactly you want to offer in a group and what people are looking for. And you'll find who you're attracting and what they all need and what's in common and and. You know, it's just a lot of valuable information by working with people one-on-one first. Yeah, you you sort of figure out what those things that come up that you say in every single one of your one-on-one calls, and there's your group program. You know, that's how my my Rockstar Guides came to be, is these were questions I was answering in my one-on-one consults where we were supposed to be focusing on strategy, but we were talking about, like, well, should I be using a Google Plus page or profile? And it's like, wait, this is not what you need to be spending your high-dollar one-on-one time with me doing let me put together this program so that you can just take that, you're good to go, and then when you get to me, you're ready to talk on strategy and you're using that time and money wisely. Mm-hmm. That's really, yeah. that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So why is it so important to to sort of have a launch strategy and not just launch So a lot of people probably have heard horror stories of launches gone bad where people put in a lot of time, money, and effort, and then they didn't see anything at the end. And I feel like if you have a plan, then you can avoid a lot of that. So a lot of people, they'll just jump in, they're really excited, they have an idea, they feel inspired, and they take action, which is great. But in that process, things can come up or there are things that they don't know that they don't know. Mm-hmm. And by just jumping in and, you know, let's say doing one piece, doing another piece, doing another, that's really what leads to those late nights, tears, pulling out your hair and the launches that don't work well. So I feel like you do have to plan ahead. That is absolutely one key to having a successful launch. And there's a fine line there. Some people will think that they need to spend months and months and months and have everything together or have everything perfect. And that's not the way that I suggest. So there's a fine line between spending too much time planning ahead and then jumping in and doing it piece by piece as it comes up and as it needs to be done. So ballpark, how long should we be looking at it for, let's say, like a six-week or eight-week group program, just so we have some kind of basis of information here? Um, How long should we be planning that in ahead of time? Well, the first question I would ask is how much time do you have to work on your business or how much time do you have to work on your launch? So if you are still in a full-time job and you're doing this on the evening and weekends and you already have some clients, so your time is crunched, then you're going to need more time. Or if you are working full-time in your business and you've already launched before, so you have some of the pieces and you're familiar with the process, then that's going to be a little bit different. But I would say anywhere between eight weeks, 12 weeks, something like that. If you're looking any longer, then you probably are looking at a larger launch and you're looking at having affiliates or having joint venture partners. And so you need to be reaching out to them. And that would be one of the first steps that you would do. And you need to reach out to them way in advance of your launch dates to make sure that you get on their calendars. Right. And that's something I've been, I've been looking at recently is, is joint venture partners and things like that. And it is really important to to pay attention to their own sort of launch calendars because it's going to be hard for them to be 
working with you if they're like mid launch on their own thing. Mm-hmm. That's a that's a really great point. You might find when you reach out to someone, they'll say, "Well, I'm having a launch around that same time too," so they're not willing to promote for you, and that's totally understandable. So I find that the larger the person is in terms of their own audience, in terms of their offerings, then they probably have their promotional calendar planned out months in advance. Mm-hmm. So you probably want to look at you know, asking three months in advance, that would be ideal. That would be the ideal. That's awesome. And that's, you know, so talk about since we're sort of, we're nearing the end of the year, people are going to start talking about next year. Um, pretty soon as I have continued to talk about with other people. Um, and I'm, I'm in full transparency. I'm planning 2015 right now. I kind of have some stuff sketched out of like what I want to launch, but now it's the new planner is here, which means it's time to actually find dates and that's a really big key for me in my own launching and, and being able to do this successfully is, uh, is sort of knowing now what I'm going to launch next year. I'm not planning stuff that's going to launch next fall, um, but I know it's there. Mm-hmm. So is that really a key piece to having a successful launch is knowing even before the planning starts when where this fits into the rest of your schedule? Yeah, so you want to have a calendar and it doesn't need to necessarily be a whole year in advance and it also doesn't need to be set in stone, but you want to have a rough idea. So for example, I was speaking with a client of mine and we know that she's going to launch in January and April. So she doesn't have exact dates yet, mm-hmm. but she has ideas. So that's when she launched and she has idea when the programs or the offering itself would start. And so when she's reaching out to someone, then that's when she needs to have an exact window of when she's going to be promoting her launch. And so I just start with first plotting out when the launches are going to be and then getting down to the specifics of dates. Awesome. So what's the next key sort of piece to having a successful launch? Once, you know, we've we've talked about the planning of it. What's our next key piece? Well, I would say once you have your general idea or your working, you know, your working content or working idea and you set some dates, the next thing would be to look at your offer. And what I find is we are entrepreneurs who really love whatever it is that we do. So we're really passionate about it. We're really great about it. And usually what we do is we jump in and we have idea and it's sounds really great to us, but we don't reach out and ask any other people. Or if we do, we might ask colleagues. So for example, it might be a life coach and would talk to other life coaches. So other life coaches are going to love that idea, but that Mm -hmm. idea may not work with our audience. Or we'll ask on Facebook and that's not really a good representation of who you'd be working with and how they would respond. So I feel like larger companies spend a lot of money and time and invest in research or development and entrepreneurs can be doing the same thing, whether it is just paying attention to blog posts or social media interaction, they get a little bit more than the average or whether it's having conversations with people, which I think is the best way, just reaching out and asking questions or sending a survey to your list Or just even in the work that you do with clients, you mentioned that you had the same questions or same, same topics come up over Mm -hmm. and over and over. So I would say the next point would be to look at your offer a little bit closer and do some research or get some feedback before you really jump in. That's, that's awesome. And, uh, you know, I was talking about the Rockstar guys and how they came to be and I was actually asking clients as we were having these conversations, would this be helpful structured in X way or Y way or Z way? Um, And that's how it came to become a video program that's on a membership site. 
because mm-hmm. that was the way that they wanted to consume it. Right. Uh, so that's a, that's a really, really great point. And I think it speaks to even when you're launching your one-on-one services, maybe you're just starting out, you know, talking to people about how, how would you want to work with somebody? Um, and, you know, I talked to uh, Kendrick Shope on the show, and I'll link to the episode. But she did 100 uh, free 15-minute kind of calls before when she started her business to get an idea of how people wanted to work with her and the questions they were going to have. And I think that's really important, that, that idea of research. Do you then suggest beyond that having, like, b- beta testers for a program? You can. It's really up to you and your comfort level. I don't find that that's necessary um, just because I don't think if someone's going through it and they know that they're testing, they may not have the same experience, so they're not participating as much. They might just be looking at you know, what criteria. So I feel like you don't need to have that. If you feel strongly in the conversations that you've had in the information, then I feel like you can go forward with it. So that's more like a personal decision if you feel that you need to do that. But I feel like um, you maybe you don't want to have a huge launch, but if you launch to your list or you invite people that you've come in contact with, maybe they were prospects or past clients or current clients, and invite them into a smaller program without really announcing it to the world, then that would be an alternative to having a beta test and calling it that. And see, that's that. I love that because that's actually how I have done my beta tests. I did call them beta tests, but they were limited to my list. So p- my beta testers were not other people in my industry. They were people who had already expressed an interest in this program, and their benefit was sort of working through the program um, earlier than it was going to normally be available, and also at a slightly smaller price point as we worked out the bugs. Um, so I I agree it's a personal decision, but just from my own experience, I love it. Because you make a little bit of money during development, mm-hmm. which is nice. Everyone loves that. <laughs> and then mm-hmm. also I launched with testimonials and people going, yeah, this program is awesome. So mm-hmm. I, I, I think that it's, it's definitely, like you said, um, open to you. And I really like how you suggested sort of launching it on a smaller scale to your list and saying, hey, here's a limited opportunity for a brand new program. Come check it out. Instead of saying, hey, here's a beta test. That's a, a really great idea because it does – it can be – Oh, I'm a tester. You know, I'm looking to make sure the functionality's there. Um, whereas, really, you you want feedback on the content or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And I like your point too about charging for it. You definitely want to be charging for it. Yeah. So that's important to remember. I I agree. I think that when there's not any money on the table, it's harder for someone to commit to the time it takes to run through a program or whatever. Um, so I I usually do like a fifty percent kind of off which and for me that's a big deal because I don't do sales like there, there's not generally sales at these Stacey Harris every once in a while we'll do like a, a pay what you can deal um, on a specific program for like 24 hours but that's the extent of sales in the Stacey Harris world in you know in, in my business so I think that's a really great point is is having money on the table but maybe making it a little bit less for the sake of hey we're going to be working out some kinks Mm-hmm. And also, mm-hmm. like you said, keeping that group small because it's hard to beta test with 200 people. Yes. <laughs> that is yeah. not a test, people. That is a launch <laughs> um, and a pretty good one. So so what's our next our next key to sort of keeping this uh, on the on the tracks and being as successful as we can be? 
So our next key, I would say, is numbers. And I'm not talking necessarily about revenue expenses, although those are very important when it comes to having a business. I would talk more about list size. So that's a big one. And there's a lot of myths around list size, that you have to have a certain list size before you launch, that you need to wait until you reach that size, or you need to really have an engaged list. And I, I just think that there are a lot of um, myths or misconceptions around list size. And the truth is that you don't need to wait until you have a certain list. So part of launching would be that you'd be building your business and you'd be building your list as a result of that. And so I know you have webinars and you've mentioned in the past that they're a really great list builder. And I think mm-hmm. webinars are great as part of a launch. And so people might say, you know, I only have, even if they only have a hundred people, I don't think that that is something that needs to hold them back from launching. For sure, they need to be realistic about the numbers because part of launching is conversion. So how many people are seeing your webinar? How many people are joining you live? How many people are going to sign up for whatever it is that you offer? Those numbers are all important. But I feel like a lot of times people have this magic number. So it could be a thousand you know, there's different numbers that they might imagine. And a lot of people come to me and they'll say, I want to reach this number. And when I ask what that means, it usually means because they want to fill the program or they want to know that they're going to get sales. But just having that certain number, you know, I've worked with people who had larger lists and they had a really tough time getting clients or filling a program. And I've worked with clients who had smaller lists, like I'm talking less than a thousand, and they did really well in terms of filling their programs and having private clients. So it really is the quality of your list, how engaged people are. Usually those first, you know, a hundred, few hundred are much more valuable. They're more engaged. So more people are opening or clicking or taking action or applying to you. And so I think in terms of list size, it's important to focus on list building. I think that's something that's important and needs to be a priority at whatever stage of your online business um, that you have, but not something that needs to hold you back from launching as launching is one of the very best ways to build your list. I I love that you said that because I was just going to say, I think my biggest list growth times are when I'm in launch mode because Mm -hmm. a, I'm doing a much better job of promoting myself. Um, Mm -hmm. but also like I'm, I'm doing a lot of webinars and things like that. You know, the, the end of this year for me is really focused on, on the rockstar guides and, and helping people get sort of foundation pieces in line, you know, podcast launched Google plus stuff figured out, Facebook figured out ads, whatever it is they're focusing on. Um, and so I'm doing more webinars in the next couple of months and, and, so my list will grow and some of those will convert, you know, hopefully all of them, which would be like a miracle. Um, but a lot of those will convert, but a lot of them also may not convert until next year, but I will still have that list growth. So I think launching is a great time to grow your list because mm-hmm. you just put yourself out there a little more. Yeah, I feel like launching is almost like concentrated marketing. So I'll say that it's a fast forward on your list building or just really growing your list. And what I find is, too, that you will launch and not everyone will convert. So maybe they've just signed up for a webinar and they've never heard of you before. But now they're on your list. And so you can be giving them good content. You can 
you know, establish your credibility. You can teach them things so you can get them ready for the next launch. And then you launch again. And some of those people who hadn't converted before, whether it's the same offer or something different, they're going to be more ready. So they're basically more warmed up. And what I find is when I'm looking at, okay, who was it who actually purchased? It's usually people who are pretty warmed up. So maybe I've had some interaction with them outside of my list. Maybe they've been on my list for a while and I can see that they're always opening my emails. And so that's key to remember with online marketing, we like to talk about having a big list and conversion rate and all of that. But it really comes down to each person on your list is actually a person. And Mm -hmm. it comes down to how warmed up they are to you. So not everyone is going to convert and say yes, that first time. And so the key to building online business is you launch, you build your list, you launch, you build your list. And every time you're getting such valuable information about your audience, you're practicing your sales skills, you know, all of the promotions coming together and you're getting all of that valuable information to make it better and refine for next time. And you're going to be involving too the way that you work with people, the information you have to share. And so that's really how you're going to build your business over the long term. Right. And to realize that some of those people that maybe join your list through a webinar or a video series or whatever during launch time, they may be really interested in working with you, but this isn't the exact right offer or the exact right time. So when it comes around again, or you're promoting something else, maybe it's a better fit, maybe it's a better time. Like you said, they're warmed up, they're more receptive to working with you because you've been providing great content in the meantime. And a lot of times it's just this offer fits better for them. You know, people Mm -hmm. are, are, I'm on a ton of lists more than I should be, I'm sure. Uh, And people are pitching things to me all the time. And a lot of them are group programs and I don't do a ton of group programs anymore. Mm -hmm. Just because I find that I tend to overcommit and I then get so stuck in doing program, program, program that I'm not focusing on taking action on anything. So I, I'm i not going to sign up for all the group programs marketed to me every day or I'd be doing like five dozen programs right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it may just be not the right time for them. The next go round, it's a perfect time for them. That's right. That's a great point. Well, when I look at my own buying activity and the programs that I've invested in, usually I know the person. So maybe I have had a consultation with them or I've interacted with them a little more than average on social media or they came from a referral. So I have a colleague who I've spoken to and has Mm -hmm. told me great things. So it's not just a testimonial on a page or I've been on their list for a long time. And so I look at my own activity and imagine someone who's on my list and I would want, you know, them to be the same way. And and that's a really great point, you know, and, and it speaks to the importance of engaging with your community. You know, a lot of the people I find the earliest buyers whenever I launch something are generally people who I've had conversations with um, in a Twitter chat, back and forth on Facebook comments, uh, LinkedIn messages. There are people who often reply to my weekly emails that go out there. You know, there are people who who are invested in the brand, not just because they dig the brand, but because I've engaged with them. So that's always a really great way, I think, to ensure uh, a more successful launch of anything is just making sure that you're being a really um, engageable brand all of the time, not just when you're launching. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. So do you have any one final words for us? La- last sort of key takeaway that people can take action on before we go? 
Yeah. So my last key, uh, key point would be in terms of your skills. And so people think of a launch and they think a lot of work or overwhelming. And I feel like a lot of people know that they should get help, but they may or may not, or they're not really sure how they could get help. And for me, what I did is I looked at my skills and some of the biggest skills, you know, I not know you talked to Pat Romaine and one of the big big skills and big boundaries um, or barriers was technology. And mm-hmm. that's for sure. So if you're not comfortable in that area, that's something that you need to look at getting help in. Another one for me was copywriting. So I hadn't really experienced how to do, you know, really good copywriting that sells. And so that's something that I invested in. And that's how I decided, you know, what program I wanted to do. And so with a profitable or successful launch, you can't do it all, but you also can't hire it all out. So you want to have a really honest look at what you're good at, what you're not good at. And so I might do some of those piddly things like plugging in emails and scheduling them because I need help with graphics. That might not be my strong suit. I might invest in a program, you know, I have around copywriting because I knew that that was a skill that was very important to having a successful online launch. And it wasn't something that I inherently knew how to do well. So I, I, I would just say, look at help, um, getting help the areas where you might need to bulk up your skills because there are a lot of skills that come together in a launch and then figuring out where you're going to invest your time and money so that you're not putting a lot of money into a launch and you are making a profit at the end of it. I love that. That's awesome. Uh, Thank you so much for these takeaways. I'm really excited for people to go out and and have more successful launches. How can people get in touch with you in case they want to get some help or more information or just hang out with you? (laughs) <laughs> the, the best way to do that would be my website and it's emilychristofferson.com my last name is k-r-i-s-t-o-f-f-e-r-s-o-n.com awesome and we'll have links to emily's website on the show notes so be sure to check out vcsiharris.com for that uh thanks emily for being on the show it was great having you great information i'm really excited uh for people to take action on it Thank you so much. I love talking about this. So it's a pleasure to talk with you on launching. That's always the fun thing. People ask why I do so many Google Plus podcasts. It's like, because I like talking about it and, and, <laughs> and it's fun. It's easy for me to talk about all the time. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks, thanks again. And I will see you guys next time.